Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Mark Spanith, LLP, ranked among the top three forensic accounting firms in New York by the New York Law Journal for the sixth year in a row. Visit MarkSpanith.com. UBS Group Chief Executive Sergio Armati says negative interest rates are encouraging risky lending practices among some banks, potentially posing a threat to the wider financial system. He spoke earlier today to Bloomberg's Tom Keene and Francine Lacqua. I think in general uh, the European banking system is is uh, clearly uh, has a huge overcapacity. The problem is really to create uh, an environment in which uh, we learn from the mistakes of the, pa- of the past is that not every bank should try to copy uh, the other, but rather every bank has to find its own uh, ways to, to, to uh, live through the next, uh, the next phase. And that's UBS Group CEO Sergio Armadi, as heard earlier on Bloomberg Television. U.S. stock index futures, meanwhile, are lower this morning after a surge in shares sent the S&P 500 to an almost two-month high. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down two and a half points. Dow E-mini futures down 19 and NASDAQ E-mini futures down two and a half. DAX in Germany is up six-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down five-thirty seconds. They yield 1.84 percent. NYMEX crude oil down one point four percent or forty eight cents to thirty three ninety two a barrel. Gomex gold is little change down forty cents to twelve thirty forty an ounce. The euro a dollar oh eight five three. The yen one fourteen point four zero. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Uh, thank you, Karen, so much. Greatly appreciated. A trip to Washington for Super Tuesday and Super Wednesday means you need to speak to people without hysteria. We just did that with E.J. Dion of the Brookings Institution and, of course, the Washington Post. To top Mr. Dion, there's only one person in Washington to speak to. Out of Wake Forest, he has carved a career in journalism, including plastered on the back wall of a Palm restaurant, his effort with the Capitol Gang on CNN for ages, and, of course, with Bloomberg for a continued age, Albert our hunt joins us right now. Wonderful to have you here, sir. Tom, it's great to be here with all those years of experience that you have. Yesterday, Judd Gregg gave us a view, and Vin Weber gave us a view. Is it their Republican Party? No, it's not. Uh, it is a party in revolt, a party that's angry, a party in rank and file that's full of anxiety. The establishment is in a panic mode. Uh, they want to stop Donald Trump. They're not going to be able to in all likelihood. Do you, so Mike's got so much good perspective on this. One more question. Do you assume that the establishment Republicans will migrate to Secretary Clinton or do they just sit out? What's your experience on that? It'll divide. Some will sit out. Some, a few will migrate to her. A few will find some fig leaf of a independent party frivolous candidate of sorts. But let me say one thing yesterday about, uh, about, uh, about yesterday, uh, Tom. Uh, I learned politics from a great speaker of the House, Thomas P. O'Neill, who one time said all politics are, lo- are, are local. Well, in journalism, it's, it, you're looking for the great story. Now, the country matters in the long run, but the great story occurred yesterday. Both Trump and Clinton won, but they didn't win decisively enough to brush aside their challengers. Ted Cruz won three contests yesterday. Marco Rubio won his first. We got a good contest for another two or three weeks. And the Democratic side, Bernie won four out of 11. Well, you're saying we have a good contest uh, for the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about the tactics and the strategy. We move into, we start to move into the winner-take-all primaries. And that 
could change the delegate count significantly, but will it? Is there a place where you can see a Marco Rubio winning, breaking through, and taking the momentum away from Trump? I think it's very difficult. I think the greatest hope for those anti-Trump factions really is that you have a broker convention where Donald Trump comes in with 41 percent and uh, and the like. Uh, because they're, they're, winner-take-all begins on the 15th of March, Mike, but not all states are winner-take-all. So, uh, and, and where Mitch McConnell made a huge miscalculation was saying everybody got to get out so someone could take on Trump one-on-one. No. Because if that happens, Trump's going to win Ohio if Casey gets out. If, if Marco gets out, Trump wins Florida. You want to have those three or four people in the field right now. At some point, you want to take him on one-on-one, but it's going to be hard for any of them. Where's the money right now? Uh, the right, donors of the party, the people who will keep the, the other candidates running. Well, Cruz has a lot of money. Cruz has this guy, Mercer, Robert Mercer, and he's got others who've kicked in big. He's got a couple uh, super PACs. Rubio really needed to win the Minnesota caucuses. I know that seems kind of funny right now, but he needed one win. Uh, and then if he wins Florida, he'll get the money. There's also outside money coming in. The Ricketts family is now spending money just to take on Donald Trump. Excuse me. What is the biggest smoke-filled room you've ever been in? How smoky was the classic L hunt? It was 1976, the Republican convention, when Ford and Reagan went in. Sold for Reagan. Dead tied. And uh, uh, Ford beat him, but it was a smoke-filled room, and it was rooms, and it was fabulous. It was a lot of fun. You had a lot of power brokers. Drew Lewis. get back to that? No, we won't. I kind of wish we would, but we won't. Drew Lewis who just died a week or so ago, was the guy that delivered that convention to Gerald Ford. Right. Uh, I don't, there is no Drew Lewis today in the, uh, in the GOP party. I remember party. Ronald Reagan squirming up in that balcony. It was <laughs> like being a Pittsburgh Penguins fan watching the Washington Capitals. <laughs> <laughs> Tom suffered through the game last night. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the outcome he was hoping for. Uh, we watch uh, the Florida primary, particularly because Rubio is staking his hopes on it. He's 20 points behind right now in the polls there. Do we take those polls seriously? Is Trump really that strong? Uh, how does Florida play out? What Rubio would say is he was 20 points down in Virginia and lost by two. It's his home state. Uh, he hopes to get Jeb Bush's endorsement. Yeah. I'm not sure he will. And I don't think endorsements matter all that much. But he, it, it, look, it's do or die for him there. And don't forget, Ohio's the same day. John <clears throat> Kasich has to beat uh, Trump in Ohio. In terms of the way we campaign, uh, Trump has upended all the rules. He, he just has. drops in, uh, makes a few appearances, flies back home to New York almost every night. Uh, has he permanently changed the way you campaign, the, the retail, uh, you know, connection with the voters, or is this just kind of a one-off Donald Trump as a celebrity campaign? I hope it's one-off, because I think retail politics make people at least more aware presidents and more aware candidates. Uh, I thought New Hampshire voters did themselves a big disservice by voting for Donald Trump. You know, not not because I'm so much against Trump, though I am, uh, because I thought exactly the point you made. You, you really want retail politics. You have taught at Penn that there's a habit of people moving to the middle when they get to the general election. I think Secretary Clinton is schooled at that. I'm making a bet there. Is Mr. Trump or whoever takes the Republican not have any ability to move to the middle? Very limited. 
I mean, there's Donald, no proof of that. There's well, no Donald Trump's appeal is he tells it like it is, and he has views which I consider outrageous. Uh, I don't think you can deport 11 uh, million people. I don't think you can start a, a, a trade war against Mexico uh, and China. I don't think you can build a wall which the Mexicans will pay for. Mm-hmm. But if he backtracks on those, Tom, then he loses. You know, he loses all of his credentials with those angry, alienated people. I think Trump will have a very hard time moving to the center. There are people on both sides, in both parties, that say this is a what they call a base election more than a move to the center election. Get your base voters out. Yesterday, the, the South carried the day for Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. And those Southern well, voters who voted for Clinton had nothing in common with those Southern voters who voted for Trump. Mike, a question to you to start with your 20 years of experience in Washington, unlike Ailes' 100 years in Washington. <laughs> but the One basic ten. idea, are we moving to our version of a parliamentary system? Is there some chaos here that will make us well, we're going to have like a, the British? A fractured Republican Party that would give you the possibility of having a number of parties, but the two-party system is so entrenched in American politics that it's hard to imagine you could have three or four viable yeah. parties, election after election. Uh, you could have a, a lot of soul-searching in the Republican Party about what party they're going to be at. Yeah, I basically agree with Mike, Tom, but I don't rule out the fact the Republican Party could totally fracture after this election. Wow. Uh, I really think it's possible uh, because I think that that Trump faction is not going to go away, and I don't think that can be then, a common. This is critical. What do you went to Wake Forest, the land of the Whigs? What do you, Chuck Todd, mentioning the Whigs all the time now? What do you foresee is is the offshoot of a Republican Party of what 150 years? Well, it would be two. It would be two Republican parties. It'd be the party of Paul Ryan, uh, the party of John Kasich, the party of Marco Rubio, even, and the party of Donald. Trump uh, and the party of Ben Carr's the angry outsiders, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not forecasting that time. No, I'm I understand saying, but that. I think no. unlike in the past, you'd have said, "Well, that's a ludicrous proposition. It's not going to happen." I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's far out anymore. It's such a small base; it would be hard, it seems, to sustain a movement like that. The UKIP party in England can't get above. 10 or 15 percent in the polls. But I, I want to ask you quickly before we go here: uh, traditional politics would have us starting to speculate about who a vice presidential choice would be because how they're going to help a ticket down the road. In Trump's case, it's sort of probably going to be anybody who will take the job, right? Lady Gaga. Uh, I think that's the leading candidate right now. But does it matter who Hillary picks? Less so than, um, uh, look, if Bernie really gave her a contest all the way till June, I really was convinced there was a good chance she'd pick Elizabeth Warren, just to energize that base, two women, all that. Uh, I think since that's not going to, seems that's not going to occur now, I think she'll move more to something very conventional like Tim Kaine or maybe uh, the HUD secretary, Julian Castro. Very 20 attractive. seconds. Who in the Republican establishment are you most focused on? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. And what do you, did you like what he did yesterday? Did he handle yeah. that well? He's horrified. He is a Jack Kemp Republican. Yeah. If my dear friend Jack Kemp were alive today, he would be mortified by Donald Trump, and there's no way in the world he could support Donald Trump. Al Hunt, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, Al Hunt, of course, writing for Bloomberg View. I featured one of his columns uh, today. The Republican muddle is good for Mr. Trump. Al Hunt, of course, with Bloomberg. Uh, view in Bloomberg uh, News. We need to do a data check. Did you know there are markets going on even as we handle Super Wednesday? Uh, here in Washington, futures negative three, Dow futures negative 17. Michael McKee and Tom Keenan, support of 991 FM Washington. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.